Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. Last week, as you'll recall, we had a special guest, a surprise visit from Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz. Dominique and I were discussing some reading she's been doing in Paul Chance's book, Learning and Behavior. We were stumbling over the differences between schedules of reinforcement, rates of reinforcement, and variable reinforcement. Each one of those terms is describing a different aspect of reinforcement, but it's easy to get them tangled up so you forget which one goes where. They remind me of all the power cords that wrap around the top of my desk. As much as I try to keep them tidy and separate, they seem to twist themselves together into a confusing knot. At the beginning of last week's episode, Dominique and I were getting ourselves twisted into our own version of a knot as we began a discussion of these terms. So I enlisted the help of Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz to help sort us out. On the last night of the Art and Science of Animal Training Conference in Dallas, Texas, we found a semi-quiet room in which to record. My intent was just to send Dominique a 10 or 15 minute quick audio postcard. But once we got started, it was hard to stop. So here is the second half of my conversation with Jesus. I'm going to back up a little bit from where we stopped in last week's episode, just to get you back in the rhythm of the conversation. So we'll start with a small review and then we'll jump into the new material. Enjoy. Click, click, treat. So I'm bearing the condition reinforcing and it's variable and I think that's really confusing. And actually remember, I did a study where I, 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 I did that sort of thing and the dogs quit, they complain, they whine, they bark. They left the room. Or they left the room. Yeah. But it, and and so but, but people say no, I'm doing variable reinforcement now. I'm reinforcing every two clicks, or every three clicks, and worse. Now I'm reinforcing every click, next one. Every two clicks, next one. One click, three clicks. That is gonna drive your animal crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Because it, there is no consistency. There is, there is no pattern. So you know. So there is a lot of misunderstandings. Partly of the language and the jargon that we use, partly how these are in, interpreted. All the good, excellent shapers, all of them use one-to-one. I have never seen one that said that goes into the variable. You, can, K, or, but because the reason that you do that, I think, and this and to me is most clear, is that you're not thinking uh, that you're changing the the schedule of reinforcement, you're thinking that you're shifting the criteria. You are shaping the the force, the duration, the the speed of the uh, of the response, and all of that. Right. And all of this, like for example, the speed, 
the speed, like for example, uh, the speed is sort of like you get it uh, uh, as an artifact of the schedule. So of course, if you have, for, for example, if I go and an FR, and I'm gonna tap, actually tapping, I hope uh, this, this gets into the yeah, microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for example, I'm, I'm a FR1. Every time that I tap, it's a reverse. Click, trade, click, trade, click, trade, click, trade. And then nothing happens. I go, click, trade. What do I capture that? Did I capture what? I did like seven responses or something like that? Or did I, what do I reinforce? Seven responses or the, sp or the speed of, of tapping? Right. We Me, I would say the speed. Right. And it's the still tapping, but we are literally sort of like say the speed. But you're right, it might be the responses, or it might be the topography or the duration and those kind of things. But to me, what it happens is when, when you do that, is you're capturing the speed. And you're also then, that's when we can start to say, you're probably also capturing the frustration. The frustration, all of that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah? Because where did that speed come from? Yes. Came from the frustration. The frustration. The, because you had distinction. You withdrew the right. reinforcer. And, and you got the, the, the distinction, yeah? So usually when people, when people try to, to do this, like for example, when you do, like if you go one mat, one mat, one mat, that's FR1. When you go to the second mat, you say something to the horse, you cue the next one, and now, and, and that allows you to bridge to two, uh, okay, now it's longer. Okay, right. now it's longer. Now it's, uh, now it's longer. But every time that you're changing criteria, you are say, you're sort of guiding or, or use some sort of cues to, to, to do the next one. So, the it's, so building quality, mm -hmm. it's really very clear how you can keep expanding that criterion little by little and it just stays on this lovely one to one, one to one schedule, stretch. but where with duration, you know, right? That. So that that was the question because where the struggle seems to be is how do I build out the duration, and the question is how do I build it out without frustrating my animal, mm -hmm. because from the from the handler's perspective, as I stretch out that duration, mm -hmm. my animal is getting less and less reinforcers yeah which what we're talking about is less and less reinforcers if we could say since the rate of reinforcement is lower they probably they think i have a different schedule but i already told you that the the rate of reinforcement can get low for many reasons yes and i can increase the the rate of reinforcement without even without increasing the criteria. Now, but, but this is the tricky thing. In the lab, you know, it's gonna be very difficult because it's mechanical, the lever, and it's very well defined, uh, that's one, so it's gonna be difficult to, um, to raise the criteria. Also, I don't know if you remember, and Kay talked today about, uh, not today, during this, uh, this conference, about right. the high rates of reinforcement. 
and everybody's you know high rates of reinforcement are um, are desirable for produce better learning. But it's I have to say it's like a superstitious thinking of our part because usually <laughs> the good learning is goes along to the high rates of reinforcement. But what is driving the high rates of reinforcement is the success of the yes. response. Yes. I, th I thought that was an excellent point that Kay Lawrence made mm -hmm. and an excellent distinction that we need to be looking at the success rate. Mm -hmm. And, and is, is there a success? And this, you know, this, uh, we did this experiment, I don't know, like six years ago, but that was the, that was the thing like, duh, you cannot arbitrarily raise the rate of reinforcement because right. you see, the, 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 the that, that's the desperation click. Mm. Oh, I haven't given my animal a treat in the last 30 seconds. And, and yes, I'm building duration, but I can see, mm -hmm. I, I should just click. I just should click. Yeah. So to me, you know, better ways, and actually I was thinking of you uh, today, uh, and also during case talk, that the better way to think about in, in this, it is, the rhythm of the training. Yes, <laughs> yes. And that's way better than high rates, low rates, accuracy, whatever. You have to be a rhythm. And you know, this was interesting because you know, Kay was saying uh, you have to follow the rhythm of the learner. But uh, your lesson that you gotta say, wait a minute, those gods, those gods, if I follow the rhythm of those, they are gonna drive me crazy and it's gonna be all frantic. Right. And what you were saying, no, to say, yes, we have to be respectful of our animals, those rushers, but the part of the responsibility of the trainer is to set up that rhythm that has to be constant. Uh, of course, at a good pace for the right. animal, but also at a good pace for the trainer. So in that sense, and I'm sure Kate didn't mean that, is that they follow the speed of the learner. Right, is, they look is, at it in context. In you context, know. because right. you know, that, that is really not totally right. quite accurate. Right. To me, it's better to say, to look at those rhythms. What is the, depending on the duration of the response, and how you set up the environment, what would be, I would say an elegant, thoughtful rhythm that you can follow with your horse. And, and of course, this is gonna vary. And so your duration just spirals, spirals out, out, but it's spiraling out in this rhythm, and that, rhythm matches that matches the task that you're working okay. on, the learner you're working with, mm -hmm. and your, your own speed as a handler, mm -hmm. uh, your own yeah. rhythm as a handler. Yes. And actually, you know, that sample that you show which was a beautiful example of that horse that, that, that can hardly move and this kind of thing. Right. And, and uh, that actually you felt the, uh, say, the, the need that even though seemingly unrelated behavior was happening, you, you felt the need that, that to have some rhythm or reinforcement to get him going into that. Right. What was very interesting there, when he got the rhythm, the rate of reinforcement went down. Yes. Because he's now yes. doing more. Yes. And then he was doing more, it's a, it, but it's still for, from you it was one-to-one -one because you begin with weight shifts, weight shifts. Yeah. Let me interrupt here so you know what Jesus was referring to in this section.
My presentation at the conference was titled, Listen. It featured video taken of a horse over three days of training. So the baseline video from day one showed a very shut down, very tense horse. His owner had asked me to help with trailer loading. So on the first day, she took him out to the trailer so I could see what he did. He was definitely a reluctant loader. I'm sure all of you who have horses can picture it. He wasn't horrible. He didn't try to pull away, do anything else that was dangerous. He just became super reluctant, super slow in everything he did. He was one of those feet in cement horses who just move in slow motion. And when she offered him a treat, he would not really take it. He was looking away from the trailer. It was all very normal, I'm not going on that behavior. Well, I didn't want to work directly with the trailer. That's not how you make progress. The training mantra is the best way to reach your goal is to put lots of small steps between where you are and where you want to be. So we took him into the arena and introduced him to mats using what I refer to as the runway lesson. That's where you have a V of cones extending out from the mat. In the wide part of the V, you teach the skills you'll need when you get close to the mat and you need to do some adjusting to help him to find the mat and to step onto it. So in the wide part of the V, I was asking for single steps. I was asking just for the initiation of movement. Can you begin to take a step back? Or can you begin to take a step forward? And when he did, I would click and reinforce him. But initially, he was so stuck. It was slow going at first, just even to get a weight shift. And when I finally did move him up near the mat, I was getting a lot of extra leg movements. So I'd ask for forward and I'd click, but instead of him putting his foot straight down, he was pawing the air, very typical response. So not to worry, what goes up must come down. And I had clicked, so I was going to reinforce him. But then I asked for another weight shift and suddenly his foot was on the mat. So that's when I switched to a very high rate of reinforcement. It was click treat, click treat, click treat, very, very fast iterations. So my loop was so, so small. And what I was asking for was such a tiny thing. And my food delivery was so efficient that he really didn't have time to do anything other than keep his foot on the mat. And, and so he was very successful. He could easily meet the criterion that I had set for him. But the mantra of loopy training is when your loop is clean, you get to move on. And not only do you get to move on, you should move on. So as the training progressed, my loop began to expand. He very quickly reached the stage where he could land on the mat and keep his feet still. So instead of the rapid fire, click, treat, click, treat for having one foot on the mat, my rhythm could begin to slow. 
and I could look for more, both in terms of the criterion that I was clicking for, and I was also using my food delivery very strategically. That meant I was asking him to stretch down to get the treat, which helped to unjam his spine. But it also meant that the food delivery was taking longer than it did initially. So in my loop, both sides of the click were taking longer. My rhythm had changed from the original click treat, click treat, click treat rhythm. So the rhythm had changed and that meant that overall he was getting fewer treats per minute but because I was expanding out of clean loops his success rate remained very high. This is what Jesus was referring to. So the number of treats per minute for this horse dropped but everything was getting better. He was noticeably more engaged, noticeably more relaxed, much better balanced, and yet my loop had expanded, so he was giving me more for each click and treat. He wasn't getting as many treats, but his success rate was still high, and in terms of the criterion that I was looking for, he was still on a schedule of one-to-one. -one. When he met the criterion I was working on, click, I reinforced it. And I do love Jesus's addition to this discussion. You're looking for a rhythm that suits the task, that suits your learner and your own training skills. So the goats I've been working with, they're super quick and they can easily speed you up but then as you speed up, they speed up. So then you have to speed up again. And then they get even faster until everything starts to feel, for me, starts to feel really frenetic. So the question is, is it really that they are quick? Or have they learned to be quick? Have I taught them to be quick? Certainly when several goats are together, if one individual isn't quick, the others will be in there getting all the food. So they speed each other up. I certainly see that as I'm watching the babies. There's a competition between them that teaches them how to be quick to get to whatever resource is the scarce one. I prefer a calmer rhythm. So just because you can be super quick doesn't mean you have to be. It's a good lesson for us all to learn. I'm not imposing something unnatural on these goats. I'm just showing them that they don't have to compete in a speed trial to get to the treats. That the rhythm and the rules of this game allow them to slow down a bit and they don't have to feel quite so rushed. Thank goodness. So anyway, with the horse that I'm describing and that Jesus was referring to, I first had to get him engaged in the game by asking for such a tight, small loop that he could be successful right away. And that initially I could keep him on a very high rate of success with a high rate of reinforcement. So my starting loop that I picked was very small, very tight, very efficient. Because the criterion was clear, 
my timing could be good. And with that, it resulted in a high rate of reinforcement. But as Jesus said, as this horse gained confidence and I could begin to ask for a little more and a little bit more, the rate of reinforcement went down. That is the number of treats per minute went down because my loop was expanding. But with that, he was much more engaged, even though he was getting fewer treats. To me, it's better to say, to look at those rhythms. What is the, depending on the duration of the response and how you set up the environment, what would be, I would say, an elegant, thoughtful rhythm that you can follow with your horse. And, and of course, this is going to vary from... Uh, and so from your duration just spirals, spirals out, out, but it's spiraling out in this rhythm, and that, rhythm matches that matches the task that you're working, working on, the learner you're working with, mm -hmm. and your, your own speed as a handler, mm -hmm. uh, your own yeah. rhythm as a handler. Yes. And actually, you know, that sample that you show which was a beautiful sample of that horse that, that, that can hardly move and this kind of thing. Right. And, and that, that actually you felt the need that even though seemingly unrelated behavior was happening, you, you felt the need that, that to have some rhythm or reinforcement to get him going into that. Right. What was very interesting there, when he got the rhythm, the rate of reinforcement went down. Yes. Because he's now yes. doing more. Yes. And then he was doing more, it's a, it, but it's still for, from you it was one-to-one -one because you begin with weight shifts, weight shifts. Yep. And this is what, you know, I think that is, that is uh, interesting to say. Okay, so now what? Three steps is what? FR30 because there were 30 weight shifts there and you began reinforcing one weight shift at the beginning, and now you are reinforcing at the uh, the 30, I don't know right, how many, whatever, however. however right. So you see, we need to be, like, it's like behavior, I have this, the, and this is what is difficult about studying behavior, because unlike other sciences, our unit is lively. That's a great expression. Yeah. You know, so we have to adjust our, our things. It's not a static like in other sciences. You know, in other sciences, you can say, yes, this is one, this is two, this is three. No, in, in behavior, is lively, you know. It grows, and, and gets, but it still stays the same. It's not like, like one sign. So you have to adjust your, your, your criteria. And actually, the fact that it's lively, that's what makes learning possible. Yes. Because you, yes. that's what gives you your opportunities to reinforce these little variations that are happening. So, and, and the, the good step there. So to build duration, if you're at the beginning, you start this loop, this loop, and then you delay a little bit the loop, boom. You're extending the duration, you're yeah. extending duration, extending duration. Now, I would say, so did I get a, did I get a, I'm gonna say, if I, I'm trying to think. I, actually, I'm having the fact that I'm having trouble say, okay, what is scale reinforcement is that when I made that change? It's too complex. No, it's, it's, why go there? Let's go and look at the criteria and how it run 
and think all the time that you're doing one. And it's so elegant with the loopy training of when your loop is clean, you get to move on. And not only do you get to move on, but you should move on. You're always scanning for the next criterion shift yeah. mm -hmm. because you shift the criterion when it's already occurring. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to shift to something that's not already happening mm -hmm. because then you're going to get into the frustration. But mm -hmm. as you're looking at that behavior, it is going to vary. Behavior yes. varies. varies. We yeah. don't and get carbon copies. Yes. Behavior is lively. It's and so I can look at within the the stability of the behavior that I'm shaping, mm -hmm. there will still be variation. Mm -hmm. And in those, that variation, what is it that I, oh, that's very cool. Mm -hmm. Let me shift to that as the next criteria. And I spiral out and I spiral out. And you know, you say it really beautiful, but it, but it also maybe cause confusion, confusion and, uh, and maybe some, and also some people thought that you were too philosophical. And remember this exchange that when you say the behavior is never completed. Yeah? Right. The behavior until is Until you die. <laughs> until you die or see completed and it's changing all the time. Okay, if we cannot say when it completed, how in the hell are we gonna put a schedule in that? It's always one that is morphing and doing it. And then can say, yes, that's philosophical. It might be right and might be true. But we as trainers have to be practical. We have to decide this is one. Right. And this is the cue. And this is the cue. Yeah. This is one and this is the cue. Okay, but, but let's be conscious that this is one is arbitrary. Right. And then in there we can be thinking, okay, if this is one, the double is two, so now on an FR2. But it's arbitrary. I mean, it seems to me arbitrary, so that's why I think that it's best to focus on criteria and think that you're always in a continuous, in a continuous reinforcement. Even if it is not true, I think it's more effective to train that way. So it's a good, it's a good working <laughs> model for now. Uh -huh. And it's a, a good amount of food for thought. And there's still an enormous amount that we want to ask you about about duration and building duration or the schedules and schedules but I think what we'll do is thank you enormously for I'm going to think of this as a postcard to Dominique and we'll wait until Dominique is with us and can ask her own questions to continue the conversation and that'll be good too like always happens in these webinars you got me here on the spot and I was doing it and uh, by the next time, and now I'm going to be thinking about it. How can we explain this and, so and see the pros and the cons right. and it's clearer and, and see why we right. do what some things Where the way we that we do up? it. Where do these definitions help us? Where are the pitfalls? Why? Where do we get tripped up when we start to use this terminology? What have been some of the things that in the past it has, what rabbit holes has, has it led us down? So we can understand mm -hmm. what we were doing, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, this was Dominique's word trendy. Mm -hmm. But now that we've thought about it a bit more, this is our current model of, of how we're viewing behavior. Be how do we build yeah. duration? Um, but, but, you know, but you know what is the problem? 
it's not in the textbooks. You know, it's not in the, t and, and so a lot of what I'm saying, it, it might seem that I'm contradicting the, the textbooks. And in a way, well, it's not contradicting. It is looking it from a different, different glasses. Because when I began training, when I met Bob Bailey too, I was into schedule reform. I had this idea and these pictures and all of that. But then when he told me that he only, that he only uses as a, uh, continuous reinforcement, that got me thinking. And you know why it got me thinking? Say, wait a minute, all these guys who are writing the textbooks haven't built behavior or the duration that Bob has built. That's right. Haven't built this persistence, duration, this kind of things. And he's telling me that he's doing it with continuous reinforcement. And he has examples. You know what? I believe him. I better listen to him. <laughs> yes. And I, because I remember that. You know, the, the fun of having been sort of around long enough to have been in some of the early stages of the, the development of within the dog world and the horse world. You know, I remember the, the discussions about twofers, and twofers were always a struggle because yes. they were in part presented, you know, the, the behavior that we knew, that we knew all had in common was targeting. Twofers doesn't make sense when it's a target target behavior really and and so we were all struggling with two firsts and three firsts and then Bob comes along and says it's a continuous reinforcement schedule and I you remember I, I so remember the the way we all kind of puzzled our way through it. how can it be continuous if yeah you know, but, but, and then and then oh, because the criterion has yeah. changed. And the unit is you be thinking as the unit. It's like and what I mean by lively, like when you start reading, you start with uh, phonemes or letters, but then that turns into words and yes. then into sentence. And so are we gonna be thinking of a sentence now as an FR whatever many letters is this sentence or a one? This sentence. You see, that's what I say. It's an issue of the unit. I'll tell you one schedule that is very trendy right now that is a totally downer, that on motivates is obvious. But they use it as to see what is the strength of the reinforcer. They call it progressive ratios. So you start. You did one. Okay, now you're going to do two. Next time, three. Next time, five. Next time, ten. And they drive you all the way until they break the behavior. You know, and they hire. So I, I almost have to ask about that because that sounds like my 300 peck pigeon experiment that I did so early on with Robin. With Robin, yeah. And yet, for him, it was a very so. So I, at some point, not not tonight because it's late. I do want to ask you about what you think that was going on. We, we, we need to go. You know. It, what is going on and <laughs> and we're gonna quit here you know this that's is the fun of it because yes could, yes yes yeah. and 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 we need to figure out what are the details because here the the devil is in the details yes. and, the, and the 300 breaks and these progressive ratios because imagine and this happened to my daughter imagine the that you're learning some gymnastics 
and your coach is teaching you, and you have some ability, and this happened to my daughter. So he models one, you do it. Okay. Now, the next time, I model something more difficult, and you still do it. And then you come back, and then I model something difficult, and then you do it, and all the way until I made you fail. Right. Hmm? So, you the, know? so with Robin, it was pick something easy that actually can be done for a long duration without fatigue. Fatigue. Because if, if, if I had said, I want you to walk beside me in your beautiful pose, oh. I would have broken that because there is a limit, limit. physically. Physically. And that, that actually is how I had built the glass ceiling. Yeah. It was this, oh, I don't think you can sustain this magnificent behavior so I'm going to click within a narrow, a, a smaller window, but I need you to understand that some things you do longer, longer, right. longer. But I picked something that was reasonable to do for a long period of and time. And this could be a good way to do What is that criteria? Yes. We'll see you in the next webinar, my friend. Yes. This is so, <laughs> you got me. I, I was reluctant to the come on, it is the end of the conference. I'm my brain is still not sharp. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going down, <laughs> but you know, as we got into it, it's got okay. Yep, it's, we could have gone all night, but we're not gonna go all night. <laughs> we're not gonna go all night. We're gonna send Dominique this, this lovely postcard from the Art and Science of Animal Training Conference. Yeah. And by the way, she needs to come. She needs, she needs to come. Everyone needs to come next year. Yes. What, what are the dates for next year? February 22nd through 23rd. So February 22nd through 23rd, 2020, come to the come to Dallas, Texas for the Art and Science of Animal Training. And, and it was an awesome conference. I'm still, yep, my it, head is yep, still. Yep, yep, And it, it is a phenomenal clinic or conference mm -hmm. because, especially in this new conference center, we, we have so much space to just sit late into the night, which we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> so it is amazing that yeah. we are still able to say anything coherent. But we are going to stop because there are, yeah. there are there are other conference attendees and yes. presenters who we want to go um, spend the, though it's already late, but, but I know we're going to be up for several more hours, some of us anyway, chatting about reinforcement schedules and who knows what and else. Thank you. Chains, sequences. And chains and sequences and yes, so thank you immensely. You're very welcome. That was fun. I love these after-hours conversations. And you know what? You can join us for another one. We have a webinar with Jesus coming up at the end of the month. So March 31, 2019, at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to continue on with this discussion. It's only fair because I know Dominique has her own questions to ask, and I'm sure many of you do as well. So come join us for the webinar. I'm going to let Dominique give you the rest of the details, and she's also going to tell you about a very special treat we have planned for next week. I hope you enjoyed these last two podcasts with Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz. What a treat this was. 
I just love how Jesus helps me deepen and refine my understanding of behavior. And not only that, every time I hear him speak, I feel inspired to go and test some practical application of what I just learned. Alex and I are so pleased that Jesus has accepted to be our guest for our next webinar on March 30th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Be ready for another one of his head-spinning, leading-edge presentations. You can be sure that Jesus will take us on a journey deep into the science of behavior analysis. You'll definitely want to reserve your front row seat for this one. To do that, go and register on the Equiosity website. See you next week!